Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I'm going to put some word in you here. I had it on my heart. I was going to go into Philippians 3, and I still will. But since we ended in 2, we can put a pause on it. How many know the books aren't going to go anywhere? All right. We can put a pause on that for a little bit, and then we can jump back into it. But 2 Corinthians, did I say 3? I meant, yeah, okay, good. I meant 10 if I didn't say 10. All right. So 2 Corinthians 10, if you just want to hold your place there. So uh, John Kennedy said this. He said, do not pray for easier lives. Pray for stronger men or women. In other words... If, if, as Christians, we need to understand this, that the walk of faith is not flowery beds of ease always. There's a fight to it. And a lot of the fight, of course, is, is uh, in, the, in the thoughts, in the mind, and we're going to touch on that a little bit. But what I've noticed uh, through the years is, is that what the enemy will try and do with me, and I've seen it with other people, is he wears their strength down. And so what I want to do tonight and just teach you from several scriptures just on the strength of God. So that we have the understanding that it's not our own strength. So my goal here tonight is to, you're not going to hear anything probably you haven't heard before. But in the sense of actual hearing it. But how many know you can get more light than you've had before? All right. So God's, the scripture says this, that God gives more grace to the humble. That he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so we want to be humble and hear the words like we've never heard them before, and we'll pray here in just a second and believe God for revelation to come uh, concerning an understanding about these scriptures, and uh, it will help us that much more. Um, so let's pray, and then we'll get right into this. Father, we thank you for tonight, and we thank you for your word. Lord, we know you're here with us, but Father, we just come together in agreement, uh, uniting our hearts in faith. Lord, I just ask for your truth to come forth. Holy Spirit, that you'll give us words that are, uh, uh, that are necessary and right for the current situations in people's lives, those that are here and those that are watching online, that they will hear you, Lord, tonight. Holy Spirit, that you'll quicken and make alive passages of Scripture to them so that they can fight the good fight of faith. And Lord, also, I'm believing you for tonight that you will actually physically manifest strength in bodies and in souls, in emotions tonight, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your goodness. goodness. We know it's your will to, to perform, to show forth, to, ex, to uh, uh, express yourself and manifest yourself in our midst. And so we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Now, this is something we looked at in our What Now series that we did just a couple weeks back. But I want to hit this again. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty in God for what? The pulling down of strongholds. Now, we, I, these are in your notes from before, but if you're, you know, just have to take notes every time, I'm going to go over this again, and you can write it down again if you want to. But uh, listen to this. This word mighty just, it, it simply means powerful or capable. 
It's powerful or capable. So I want to just take this back just a second here and look at this. So your weapons, my weapons, the weapons that we possess for our warfare, they are powerful and capable to demolish the thoughts, the strongholds of the enemy. Now, this is important because what happens is, and I've noticed this in my life at times, um, and I've noticed it in other believers' lives at times, what happens is, is we get the idea of, yeah, I know that scripture, or I know that verse, or this is the other thing, I tried that verse, and it didn't seem like it worked, okay? How many know in all of this, and we go over this again and again, but the enemy presses this so hard because he loves to malign the character of God. And to paint a picture of God in your mind that is not who God really is. I mean, he he is the master deceiver. That's what he does. He He is very crafty in this. But we need to realize that if we're people of faith and our job is to submit, therefore, to God and resist the devil, I can't argue against this scripture to me and get success in submission to God and resisting the devil. See, the enemy wants us to to what? He wants us to argue with him against God's ability. But our God is a faithful God. He is a God of character, a God of truth, a God of life, a God of strength. He is a God of moral uh, standard that does not change. He is not up and down and all around. He doesn't change his mind. He's the God that changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when he says, uh, church, I've given you powerful weapons that will pull down the devil's strongholds, then they will every single time. Amen. Amen. That promise, this promise in this word, how many know God has no useless words? He doesn't just talk to hear himself. God does not have, in other words, when God speaks, there's a purpose behind what he says. Does that make sense? How many know the Lord has no idle talk? He doesn't. He doesn't have idle talk. He doesn't just sit around and jabber about this, that, and the other. If he did that, the world could fall apart. You know, can you imagine if God said, oh, that tickled me to death? (laughs) You know? (laughs) In other words, God believes and he knows the power of his words. So we need to submit to that and believe the same in speaking his words. So when a thought comes that is contrary to what Jesus said, what the Lord said, our Father said about you or me, we need to realize that we have a weapon that he has no answer for. We have a weapon as the body of Christ that the devil has no solution for. We have a weapon as the body of Christ that the devil has absolutely no solution for. We have the powerful weapons of the word of God and they always work. Now see, it's one thing if you argue with me. It's another thing if you or I argue with God. Who's going to win? You know, in the end of it, whose words are going to stand? God's. God's will. So, my purpose here, I'm going to stir you up before it's all said and done. (laughs) Because, 
that's what the Lord told me to do in prayer. He's like, this is not being seen the way it should. The enemy has gotten in and he's clouding things in people's minds. And watch this. How many have noticed that you're meant, you're, the way you see things in your mind causes a total effect through your motion and your body? I mean, it's been proven scientifically. I don't need him to prove it scientifically because the Lord, the Lord already said it, but that just gives us confirmation that he was right. You know, we should get in the habit of saying that. You were right, Lord. I was wrong. You're right, Lord. And that doesn't mean the Lord's mad at us. It's just he's right. So we need to realize this. What are the weapons that we have? The weapons of our warfare, first of all, they're not carnal, but they are what? Mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. They are mighty. They are powerful. They are capable for pulling down. Pulling down means to destroy. It means demolition. It means extinction. It means taking down. You have the ability in God's words to take out the enemy's strongholds. Now, we're going to see that this is in the mind, and we all know this, but it just helps to go over it again. Strongholds are fortifications is what they are, like a castle. Deceived thinking produces strongholds. So what does that mean? That means the enemy's lies sit within secure things until you take the word of God to them. The enemy's lies can sit in a believer's mind inside of a secure stronghold until you get the proper weapon. How many have ever had something that was stuck before? I had these uh, recently. I was in the. I spent a good two hour, eh, probably an hour, hour and a half, uh, taking apart uh, tie downs, tie down straps, ratchet straps. You seen those? So two houses ago, <laughs> I had a trampoline in our yard, and we lived in a high wind area. How many of you know that a trampoline with high wind can be bad? So I bought trailer stakes, uh, anchors that they use for like mobile homes. They're like that long, (laughs) and they have a head on them that you can screw in, but it's really hard to take them out. And so I put those in the ground, and they went down into the ground until, you know, just the eye eye bolt part of it is left out, and it's maybe, maybe an inch out of the ground. So in the ground is this much. And then I put sandbags on all the... Uh, the, the underneath, whatever, the support rungs underneath. I'd say post, but that doesn't sound right, but they are kind of that way. They're just a U-shaped post. And so I put sandbags on all of those, and then I took ATV uh, ratchet straps, and I ran them, I, I used four of them, and those four trailer uh, uh, anchors, and I, I ratcheted that thing down. I mean, God couldn't even pull that thing out of the ground. <laughs> And we had high, high winds, and it did not budge. I mean, it did not move. The playhouse was in worse shape. This is when my kids were much smaller. (laughs) Um, And so what happened was, of course, I never moved those ratchet ratchet straps, and I never did anything with them, so they sat in the weather for years. And you know what happens over time. They get rained on, snowed on, rained on, snowed on, and then they get baked by the sun, and then, you know, all this stuff. Then they're cold, they're hot, all that. Well, I could not get those things apart. I couldn't get the, you know how you open the, the pins up and you try and pull it and then you can pull that, that, it would not budge for anything until I had the right weapon. 
Yeah, garbage can. No, they are. <laughs> no, no, no. People are like, I'm going to throw my brain away. <laughs> You're not following where this spiritual truth is going here. <laughs> what I did was, <laughs> they are separated, all four of them are in good condition, sitting in my garage, folded and in order like they're supposed to be. Because I hate them out of order. <laughs> anyway, so, because I want to walk by, I don't want to see a mess. That's how I am. All right, so I wish it was, I, I, I'm not that way perfect in every area, but I'm getting better. So, but anyway, so what I figured out was, is that I needed a good-sized screwdriver to be able to get down in between that, those straps, and I could start wiggling that thing and get it loose. And I just slowly started, and then once I got that opened up, I could pull the loops, each one at each uh, lap of the, of the uh, strap that was going around. I could loosen it and loosen each one a little bit at a time and then get a little bit of space on either side to where I got all the way down to where the strap actually goes through the middle of that uh, middle piece and bends over and I actually unwound them from the inside out. <laughs> it was so worth it. I mean, just for the satisfaction of beating the thing. Anyway, so, my point is this. We don't have a stronghold that our weapons can't beat. We just need to have the right weapon. The power, the issue is not a power issue. The issue is, what tool do I need to take this stronghold down? Come on, if you've had a stronghold of fear in your life in an area, there's a weapon that you can pry that thing apart. You can start pounding at that thing and the devil go, it ain't working. And you know it's working when he starts telling you it ain't working. Because he's the father of lies. And his little imps or whatever they are, the lies that he's stationed there, they're feeling that stronghold rattle every time you go to that word. Why? Because that word is powerful. It pounds against those stones of lies that the enemy has set up. It destroys those things. It comes against it over and over. Every time you apply that word and speak that word in faith, the devil's going, no, no, we got to create more circumstance. we got to give them more life. we got to paint pictures of death in their mind concerning this that they can't ever get free. And if you just stick with this, the Lord will get you all the way down to the center of that strap and you'll see where the hook is and you'll pull that thing out and you'll actually run the devil out backwards. With the Lord. Amen? With Him, right? With His ability, all things are possible with God. All things are possible to him that believes and doesn't let go. The word is working. Say this with me. Say, the word of God is not my problem. <laughs> That's not the problem. The problem is not the instruction. The problem is the devil and renewal of our mind. But renewal of our mind is a guarantee from the Lord if we'll cooperate with Him. Amen.
The enemy is so good, especially with Pentecostals. I've noticed this. With those that, I should say it like this. There's so many brands of everything now, you don't even know what to say. Those who actually believe God's still working. That he'll actually minister to your emotion, to your feeling, all of those things. Those that believe the Holy Spirit is leading you on an individual daily basis. The enemy is so good at playing with our feelings and emotions and thoughts. He's very good at it. I'm not giving him kudos. I'm just, it's, just, it's just a fact. But the Lord did not leave us weaponless and powerless. We can actually drive him out to where he goes, let's figure something else out. Amen? We can actually live in a place where we are consistently defeating the enemy in our lives with the victory that Jesus provided. Now, here's the thing. In order for that to be something that's out in front of you as a goal and a place that you can arrive at, you need to believe it can happen first. Because if you don't believe it can happen first, you will not discipline yourself to it. And I'm not talking about you're trying to make it happen. I'm talking about you will not consistently grab yourself, take yourself to the Word and go, no, this is who I am. A person that is sold out to a particular uh, way of thinking or cause, will they'll sit there through tears and go, nope, the Lord said, this is the way it is. And I'm not budging. Amen? And that's the way truth and conviction is. And we'll see some of that here in just a minute. But let's look at a couple more of this, a little bit more of this passage here. I know I haven't got through much, but we'll get through some of it now uh, a little bit more uh, uh, efficiently here. So we have powerful, mighty, capable weapons that destroy and demolish strongholds. So you need to remind the enemy of that. When he brings a thought to you that's contrary to what Jesus said about you and who he created you to be, you need to say, oh, no, no, I'm pulling out the weapons. You might as well start running now. And then just start talking to him. Come on. What did Jesus do in the wilderness? He talked to the devil, right? He spoke to him. People are like, no, I don't want to do that. You know, the devil... You know, that makes me nervous. It shouldn't. You should make him nervous. You should make him nervous. Because you have authority in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about you as an individual just in the natural. I'm talking about the one who lives in you. The one who has your back. You should make the devil nervous. And drive him back. We're we're commanded to do it, to stand up to him. So, other translations of this, uh, I'm actually not going to go into the other translations. You get the idea here. So, verse 5, casting down arguments. That word, that means to take down. It means to lower with violence. (laughs) That's what it means. People say, "I, I can be violent to the devil. Yes, you can. To demons, yes, be violent. You say, how do I know if a devil's there? Well, I see them. It's a thought that comes contrary to the word of God. That's how you know. People say, well, I want to see him. I've seen him. You don't want to. Let me just help you. I've seen him. You don't want to see him. They're nasty looking things. All right. So casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of what? 
God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So you're going to take every thought, and that word thought means argument. Okay? It means, uh, it, the idea is like an imagination. It's, it's a, something that's coming to you, and it's a picture of something that's contrary to what God said about you. It's contrary to what He has declared over your life. And you need to grab that thought and bring it into captivity. Because what do we know will happen if you don't bring that thought into captivity? It will bring you into what? Captivity. It'll bring you into captivity. How many have seen the picture of the horse that's tied to a chair that's just sitting there? And the horse doesn't go anywhere. Because he thinks he's tied to a pole. But the chair's a plastic chair, like a plastic lawn chair. And the horse is just sitting there. The horse could run. Now, he'd have to drag the chair, but he's not stuck there. But what's in the horse's mind? I'm stuck here. I'm tied down. That's exactly what the devil does. It's exactly what he does. He gets you to thinking that you're tied in a place and you're really not because the Son has set you free. So we're to take these thoughts captive. We're to tear them down. We're to destroy these thoughts with the powerful weapons of the Word of God. And we're to bring every thought into captivity. We're to lead away or to subjugate or to bring under control the thoughts of the enemy by the Word of God. Verse 6 says this, And being ready to punish all disobedience... Uh, when your obedience is fulfilled. So wherever a disobedient thought comes, you punish that thing with the word of God. Amen? You punish it with the word of God. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 24. The title of the message, you probably saw it, but I didn't mention it. Strong in the Lord. I'm going to give you a few scriptures here on being strong. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse number 24 and 25. And you can write these down. I may not go through all of them, but I'll give them to you. That way you can look at them later. It says this, And of Asher he said, Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers. Let him dip his foot in oil. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze. As your days, so shall your what? Strength be. So this is what I want to deal with tonight, strength, okay? As your days, so shall your strength be. A little bit of background here on this passage. Um, the name Asher, it actually means blessed. And what is going on here is Moses has asked that the Lord will bless the, tri the tribe with many children. The favor of his brothers and great prosperity. So this is something Moses has prayed over the tribe of, of, of Asher. To use precious olive oil on your feet would be a mark of wealth. And Asher's territory was blessed with many olive groves. The word translated shoes is also translated bolts. That doesn't make any sense, does it? I know when I read that, I was like, what? Why did you translate it shoes then? You know? But it's also translated bolts. And what it refers to is strong security at the city gates. So the tribe would enjoy fertility, brotherly love, prosperity, and security, and the Lord would give them daily strength to accomplish their work. What more could they want? And that's uh, a commentary stated that. But sandals, 
The word actually means bolt, and it's like the gate of a city, which would represent what? Strength, correct? Okay? So he says this, as your days, so shall your strength be. As your days means full life or as long as you live or lifetime. It carries the thought of continually. So what do we see, first of all, with this passage concerning the strength of God? If you have a day and you are here, you have what available? Strength. Because as your days, so shall your strength be. Now, this is, this is a word that we hear, which is a word of what? It's a word of faith, correct? So that means that we have to take that word, hear that word, receive it into our heart, assimilate it, and then what? Speak it out of our mouth, correct? And every time a weakness thought comes... Or you're not going to make it, thought comes. Or how will I ever get through this, comes. Or I'm this age, comes. Or I'm, and that could be old or young, I don't care what it is. Or the government's doing this, how will we ever? As your days, so shall your strength be. I have strength, how about you? Strength, I have strength. How will we make it through this the same way we made it through the last 20 years? <laughs> Come on. Unless I just aged you out there. <laughs> I don't think many, but <laughs> it's possible. The same way we made it through this time and that time. How? As your days, so shall your strength be. So what can we say with this? I have strength for every day. The, the Lord has provided strength for me from the beginning of my life to the very end. So I'm not, I'm not going to go, oh, you know, Lord, where is it? Where? No, you've provided it for me. I receive. And I walk in that strength. Amen? All right. So then he goes on to say this. In a couple of different translations, it says this. Verse 25, it says, your castles and strongholds shall have bars of iron and bronze, and your days, and as your day, so shall your strength, your rest, and security be. The NIV says it this way, the bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, and your strength will equal your days. I like that. Your strength will equal your days. In the New Living, it says this, may the bolts of your gates be of iron and bronze, and may you be secure all your days. The, the complete Jewish Bible says this, may your bolts be of iron and bronze and your strength last as long as you live. So say it with me, my strength will live, will, my strength will last as long as I live. I will have strength for all my days. God's, God's word translation says this, may the locks and bolts of your gates be made of iron and copper. May your strength last as long as you live. 2 Samuel 22 verse 38 says this, this is David. He said, I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. Neither did I turn back again until they were destroyed. Boy, I think there's a spiritual principle right there. I do not turn back until I win the entire thing. Until I see the full manifestation. I do not turn back until it is destroyed. Amen? 
I do not turn back until it is destroyed. Verse 39, and I have destroyed them and wounded them so that they, would not, they could not rise. I love this. This Jesus did this. He did this. They have fallen under my feet. Does that sound like a New Testament scripture? You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus far above. Amen? Far above all the power of the enemy. Principality, power, all that. Verse 40. For you, the Lord, he says this. For you, Lord, have armed me with strength for the what? Battle. You have subdued under me those who rose against me. To armed, armed simply means to be clothed or equipped. It means to be encompassed. Strength means might, power, wealth, force, virtue, ability, and efficiency. Those are all very important things. Strength in this verse means might, power, wealth. How many know wealth is strength? It is. Force, virtue. How many know virtue is strength? If you're a virtuous person, you're a strong person. You have strength. So in other words, not just anything will move you one way or the other. You've got virtue. You're stable. And that's part of the strength that God gives us. He gives us ability and efficiency. I like that. So we've been armed or clothed with these things, these things to be able to subdue our enemies. And the word subdue simply means this, to bring down, to smite. It means to bend the knee. In other words, you are empowered by the Lord against your enemies to cause them to bend their knee to you. Amen. I'm not talking, listen to me. Don't think naturally, think spiritually. Because our battle is not against what? Flesh and blood. The enemy has to, listen to me, he has to yield to you in the Lord. He has no choice. He has to, amen? All right, Psalms 27, 14. This is another good one for you. I will take these and I will read them and pray in the spirit over them. And then I'll read them and pray in the spirit over them. I'll get something in my mind that I'm fighting against and I'll focus on it. And I'll start talking to it. You say, you talk to things in the spirit? Absolutely. Those mountains have to get up and jump into the sea. And it doesn't always happen overnight. Sometimes it takes time. But I don't, you cannot quit. Right? We cannot quit. We don't have that choice. We don't have that option. Psalms 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall what? Strengthen your heart. Where do you believe? Now you're thinking blood pump. Now he will do that too. He will strengthen your physical heart. But I look at this also as faith. I've watched people that that get excited, get motivated in a service or get motivated for a season and then over a period of time they lose heart. They start to, oh, and the enemy starts piling, you know, the pile up effect, right? And they, oh, the dream that I had is now going away. Now I got all this going on. I don't see how I can. And if we wait on the Lord, he'll say, hey, chin up. I got this. Usually for me, if I find myself going that direction, it means I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do it in my strength. And guess what? I can't. I can't. I need his strength. I need his ability. I need his life, his empowerment 
to move forward, and he's willing and ready to give it. Amen? So he strengthens our hearts. He strengthens our inner being. Psalms uh, uh, 27, 14, uh, same verse in the Amplified, it says this, Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage, and let your heart be stout and enduring. I like that. You know, one of these words, I love this. Maybe it's just because, maybe this is too much natural love on this. But um, one of these words in here for being strong and stout, one of the words is obstinate. In other words, when the enemy comes, I plant myself and go, let's do it. Now watch. If you don't understand your position in the Lord, that's fearful. You're going to have to deal with your emotion anyway. But when you understand who's backing you, you'll step out strong and bold. Even this word strength means loud and bold. Isn't that interesting? Loud and bold. And there are some believers like, no, no, the, the Lord's never loud. He never, he doesn't, you know, during praise and worship, we don't clap. <laughs> we don't dance. There's no dancing. None. That never happened in the Bible. Study it out. You won't find dancing at all. It was never there. Jesus never rejoiced. Which, by the way, in the Greek means to jump up and down and spin around. Jesus never did that. He would never do that. That's so unholy. Jesus was stiff and boring. And during... <laughs> he never worshipped the Lord or rejoiced. Never had joy. Never. I know the scripture says that he had the oil of joy and it was gladness and it was part, but no, that's not what it, Jesus was not that way. The smiling Jesus picture is wrong. He was very stiff, very rigid. Children hated him. <laughs> very King James. In fact, Jesus only read the King James Bible. So, all right, anyway. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your say. In other words, What? There should be a boldness to us, even at times a loudness. Because why? Strength. Strength. I've heard people say, when, we, when we're praying about this issue or that issue, uh, we get bold, we get loud about it. Why? Strength. Amen? Now that can be done in the flesh, but that's not what I'm talking about. One more verse, Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him. I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly what? Rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. You know, I think people have this idea that David, at, you know, or the, the, some of the worship and different things that went on, that it was all very quiet and subdued and very, you know, just light strumming. There was no excessive strumming on the harp. No, no hitting the drums too hard, not too loud. There was never any. That is not the way it was. Jews, actually, in the Old Testament, you can read where they would rejoice and they were heard miles away. Those are some very loud hymns. The hymnal books in those days were, they were rocking. <laughs> Psalm 
In other words, why wouldn't we be the happiest, most joyful, strongest group of people on the planet? How many realize this? It takes absolutely no faith to look like the world. Do this sometime. I do this with myself. Actually, the Lord's done this to me several times. It's like, he, it's like he says, Sean, you need to step out of yourself and take a look at yourself and what you look like right now walking through this place, the, rest, the restaurant or the, the grocery store or whatever it is. What is the look on your face right now? Because you're representing me, and I'm not in a bad mood, Sean. <laughs> I'm not even near upset about the arrows on which way you're supposed to walk. Yeah, you know, like Jesus loses his salvation over losing a parking spot. (laughs) That sounds funny, I know, but he doesn't. In other words, I got areas to grow in, right? I have a friend of mine. I don't know if I should tell this story. Anyway, he won't let the church put a bumper sticker on his wife's car because of the way she drives. (laughs) Oh, he told me that. I laughed so hard. Oh, my gosh. I, he goes, yeah, my wife had a bumper sticker on her car for our church, but I took it off. He didn't even tell her. He just took it off because apparently she's an aggressive driver. Oh, man. Anyway, I thought that was so funny. I'm like, dude, you are hilarious. <laughs> I don't want to give the church a bad name. I'd go, to, I'd go to that church, but they cut people off in traffic. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.